This is where Wisconsin gathers to talk sports. Packers, Brewers, Badgers, Bucks. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Now, here's your host, Grant Bills. going to talk a lot of football tonight. Packers lost yesterday. A surprise. So I'm expecting there to be some fire and brimstone tonight. I'm expecting a pretty wet and wild Packers show. I am looking forward to that. Might get to the Badgers as well. They lost in a pretty frustrating game to Michigan State. It took three and a half hours. I got to say, I was entertained the whole time. I at no point turned it off. And between you and me, I'm not afraid to turn off a Badger game if I'm not enjoying it. I watched the whole thing. Probably because Tennessee and Bama was going on at the same time, and that kind of kept me engaged. I was watching college football anyways. I might as well have the Badgers on. So we're going to talk a lot about football tonight. Uh, Don't get it twisted. But I have to say right from the jump, I'm mad about baseball. Uh, I'm mad about the Brewers. I am pissed. You know... You know the the Key and Peele skit about black Republicans? If you've never watched it, it's on YouTube. Go watch it. And every time they get up to the podium, they go, I am pissed. Royally pissed. And the last guy, very much more mellow, I am pissed. Royally pissed. I am pissed about the Brewers and Josh Hader. I, I don't mean to sound like a broken record, but it just gets worse. Like what Hader did for the Padres this weekend. And the worst part, the funniest part... Is that on Friday when haters closing it down, who do they pan to in the stands? Of course, Trevor Hoffman, another elite reliever for the Brewers back in the day. I just feel like I'm being punked. I'm looking around. I'm trying to find the camera. Every time I watch playoff baseball games, especially ones with Josh Hader or Trent Grisham, who, who scored the most meaningful run of the game on Friday night, and then the Padres go on to eliminate the Dodgers. Am I being punked? I'm looking around for the camera. There's no camera in the studio, is there? Nope. Nope. The webcam, but I, that's turned off. I feel like I'm being punked with this Brewers team. And I am pissed about Josh Hader. Royally pissed. And maybe at some point, we'll talk more about it. I feel like we probably said all that needs to be said, but I just, off the top here, from the jump, this is the Wisco Sports Show. The Brewers are from Wisconsin. I know we're talking football today, but I, I'm still pissed. I haven't forgotten. I haven't forgotten about you, David Stearns, Matt Arnold, Josh Hader trade. Damn Brewers. This is the Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. I hope you had an outstanding, outstanding weekend. I had a nice weekend. The Badgers lost. The Packers lost. Really a a zero out of ten from a sports perspective, but had a great time. Saw some friends. Went spent some time in Milwaukee. Great weekend. Hope you did as well. We're going to be joined by our friend Eric Eager at 430, a late addition to the show rundown. It's very dramatic how it all came to be. I texted Eric this morning and I said, hey, Eric. Do you have time to come on the show this week? And he said, yes. What about tonight at 4.30? And I said, sounds good. So that's, if you've ever wondered what it's like behind the scenes of booking the show, it's, I mean, it's the world of media. It's, it's, I know it's fast paced. It's cutthroat. That's as complicated as it is when Eric comes on. (laughs) Hey, Eric, can you come on this week? Yeah. What about tonight? 4.30? Yeah, sure. What the hell? I'll slide. Sorry. I I had complain about Matt LaFleur at 430. I'll slide that to five and then we'll push down complain about Joe Barry to 530. There we go. Aaron Rodgers complaining. We can slide that up a little bit to make room. This is, I know it's a really scientific job. I do. Eric's coming up at 430. Uh, Was it profile book? Excuse me. Pro football focus. Now is it Sumer sports, but doing a lot of the same things 
uh, studying data, manipulating data, finding new ways to look at football. And Eric, one of my favorite guests that comes on the show. So we'll chat with him at 430-608-796-2558 if you want to call or text the show. And always, I'm on Twitter at Wisco Grant. So the Packers are three and three. And so far, I think the season has rewired my fandom a little bit. I realized this last night because when I turned on the game yesterday, sat down, watched a couple quarters, Packers lost, turn off the game. And I go, sloppy team, didn't have it today. Not going to lose my mind. And then I, I went about my day and I really wasn't that upset. And then last night I was looking through the box score and looking at some of the, I don't know, more specific details. Although I don't think these details are really that specific. When I really started to look at the nuts and bolts of this game that maybe went over my head while I was watching, then I got frustrated. Wait, you're telling me Zach Wilson had 10 completions for 110 yards? The net passing of under 100 yards? Okay, the Jets were 1 of 11 on third down. You're telling me that? The Jets ran 16 fewer plays, 53 to the Packers, 69. Nice. Jets were 0-2 in the red zone. Lost the time of possession battle. I, it just, wait, 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 wait a minute, wait, wait a minute. All of that happened? Can someone explain to me how the Packers lost at home by 17 points yesterday? When I was watching, it all made sense. It's like, oh, the Jets are better than the Packers. Their good players are playing better than the good players on the Packers. Aaron Rodgers is not playing well. Matt LaFleur is not coaching well. Okay, the Jets beat us, whatever. But then I'm looking back through the details. Wait, 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 wait a minute. How did how did the Packers lose this game? Maybe it's because when the Packers game was ending, I was really thinking more about watching Chiefs-Bills than anything related to the Packers. I'm like, okay, well, we got this out of the way with Chiefs-Bills now, Cowboys-Eagles tonight. I, I, I was just on to bigger and better things. I had to sit through the Badgers at Michigan State, play overtime on Saturday. I had to watch the Jets and the Packers play in the rain at noon at Lamb. I'm like, on to bigger and better things. I want to watch Chiefs-Bills. I want to watch the undefeated Eagles tonight. I, we haven't got a lot of chances to watch the Eagles. I don't think they've been in prime time yet. I don't think they played a standalone game yet, so that was kind of nice. I think I was just flushing this Packers game and moving on. Rather uninspiring game. Uh, neither the offense nor the defense really showed much heart or guts. And I saw that tweeted by much bigger Packer diehards than me. The Cheesehead TV realm making their voice heard on Twitter and saying, no heart. Whoa. Well, if, they, if the Cheesehead corner of the internet is saying that, then it must really be true. Some losses are at least fun because we can make funny memes and the tweets are at least entertaining. Yesterday's game wasn't even fun. The best tweet I could muster during this game at Wisco Grant was, and I read it verbatim, left my debit card at the bar last night, going to turn this game off early and go take care of that right now. I felt bad. I did leave my debit card at the bar. But that I only accept so much responsibility for it because in lacrosse, all the bars require cash. No card, cash, which I love old-fashioned, real physical money still means something. So I'm not used to just opening tabs and, and, and going about my night. Like, I pay by the drink. You know, I, I pay my debts instantly. I pay off my drinks instantly. So that's, I don't accept that much blame for that. But yeah, I left my debit card at the bar on Saturday. I had to go back and get it. And I'm like, wow, I'm going to leave with six minutes left in the game. Go do that. That was my best tweet. This wasn't even a fun game to tweet about. Joe Barry, as we talked about last week, wasn't really doing his job up until this point. He did like an ounce of work. He at least had the presence of mind this week to let Jair Alexander shadow Garrett Wilson around the field. And he was great, which I think is smart. Obviously, I, I think you maximize your best corner because these number one corners are wired. They're insane. 
Their personality is insane. They're so confident. And they live in their own little realm. And I think you best tap into that when you allow them to go mano y mano with the opposing number one. That was great. Problem is Eric Stokes couldn't cover anything. The defense really dropped off in the second half, but they were out there the entire time. The Packers kept going three and outs, so they got tired. I'm not really sure I can blame the defense for that. Also, the offense only mustered 10 points. So, okay, we can complain about how the defense gave up 27, but if they gave up 17, would it have mattered? 14, would it have mattered? 10, would it have mattered? No, because Aaron Rodgers probably wouldn't have won the coin toss in overtime. And if he would, they probably would have gone three and out. So I'm not really sure the defense mattered that much in this one. Special teams blocked a punt, which is great. They also gave up a punt block touchdown and let a field goal get blocked. So (laughs) we can't have nice things on special teams. Things begin and end with the offense. I don't need to tell you the 10 points isn't enough, but I'm not even talking about yesterday's game. I'm not even talking about losing by 17 points. I'm talking big picture. This team starts and ends with the offense. It's 2022. This is an offense-driven league. Everything leans offense. Matt LaFleur is an offensive-minded head coach. It's how he leads the team. It's how he builds his staff. He's an offensive guy, so the Packers are an offensive team. Plus, the Packers employ Aaron Rodgers and also pay him $50 million. Team-friendly, $50 million. Team-friendly, as we were told when the deal came out, but $50 million nonetheless. This team needs to be led through the offense. Doesn't mean we can't have a good defense doesn't mean the special teams don't need to improve. That's not what I'm saying. But the horse that pulls the cart is the offense. Because of the air in which we are currently playing, because Matt LaFleur and Aaron Rodgers are both employed and paid large sums of money to do their thing for our team, the Green Bay Packers. The offense is the engine that drives everything. The defense is the insurance. When the offense has a bad game or a bad quarter, you want your defense to be good enough to step up and keep things afloat. The problem is the offense at no point this season has really got it going. They've been bad all the time. It comes back to the offense, and the offense looks terrible. The offense stinks. Rob Domofsky tweeted this yesterday. I think this sums it up nicely. The Packers have scored 107 points in six games this season. On average, he adds in parentheses, that's 17.8 points per game. According to ESPN Stats and Info, that's the fewest in any six-game span with Aaron Rodgers as the starting quarterback. Think of when the offense has been the poorest. I don't remember 2008. That was his first year as a starter. Let's throw that out. I think of 2015 when all the wide receivers got hurt. I think of 2018 when Mike McCarthy got fired. At no point in even the leanest of years up until now has Aaron Rodgers scored fewer points than that in any six-game span. That's a little wild, considering we love the offensive scheme that Matt LaFleur runs. It just won Aaron Rodgers two MVPs. We love Aaron Rodgers as a quarterback. He just won two MVPs, and this team has been really successful. What happened? Why did it drop off? What the hell, right? The offense stinks. I was listening to my Ringer Fantasy Football show with our friend Danny Heifetz this morning, and then I tolerated Cousin Sal and Bill Simmons for a while because I was trying to get... What are other people saying about the Packers? What do, what do people on the outside think about the Packers at 3-3 three and three and losing to the Jets and Giants and back-to-back weeks? And I hear a lot, well, he doesn't trust his wide receivers. That's obvious. He doesn't trust the wide receivers. That may be true to some extent, and I feel for Rodgers there. He's trying to build chemistry on the fly with all these guys. People are getting hurt, and then they're coming back, and then they're getting hurt again, and Devontae Adams isn't there anymore, and Robert Tunyon's coming back from a big knee injury, and we're working in rookies slowly, but surely now Randall Cobb is gone, Sammy Watkins is gone. I, I get it. I get it. Life is not as easy for Aaron Rodgers right now as it has been for the last few years from a wide receiver perspective. But he's missed plenty of open guys. 
And I'm not just saying missed by not seeing them, although that has happened. He's missing guys who are breaking open and just not seeing them or not throwing them the ball. But even yesterday, when he had chances to check the ball down or hit Aaron Jones on a swing to the boundary in the flat. He's thrown it at a guy's feet, throwing it low, throwing it too high. He almost, almost gave up a pick six yesterday because the throw to an open Robert Tunyon was so poor, it bounced off the hand and off the turf up into the hands. I think it was Sauce Gardner, I think, I think. I don't remember. It doesn't really matter. It was eventually ruled incomplete. But Aaron Rodgers, even on the open wide receivers he's seeing, isn't hitting his target. I don't think that's 100% a product of new wide receivers, young wide receivers, injured wide receivers, right? In his post-game presser, Aaron Rodgers called for simplicity uh, only about 100 times. I went through last night, edited the presser to pull out every time that the word simple was used. Here you go. Simply. Simplify some things. I think it's going to be in our best interest to simplify things. Just simplify some things and simplification notwithstanding. And that's why I think we need to simplify things. It was very simple things. Very simple plays. Then we need to simplify things. Now it's, oh, we need to simplify. Rain it in a little bit. Let's just simplify some things. Uh, the simplest plays are the best plays. Might be time to reel it back in a little bit and, and uh, simplify some things. Simple mistakes. So we're making simple mistakes on complex plays. To me, the natural response is to simplify things even more. So today, Matt LaFleur and his presser when asked about Rodgers wanting to simplify the offense, the quote is, quote, I don't know what that means. <laughs> Which applies to most things Aaron Rodgers says in a press conference. It's like, okay, that, that sounds nice. It sounds like a, a well-formed thought. Not really sure what it means. Words are coming out. Not really sure what the meaning is behind it. But you know what? I agree. I agree with Aaron Rodgers. I agree with the idea that things need to be simplified in that the Packers need to figure out who their best players are on offense and then put them in a position to succeed. We don't do anything until we do that, right? I keep using this as an example. I I believe it more every week. Aaron Rodgers, Matt LaFleur, Adam Stenovich, anybody who knows anybody and anybody that runs anything on this Packers offense need to get in a room and they all have a whiteboard and they say, okay, let's make a list of our 10 best guys. Write it down. All right, let's start with number one. Everyone, I want 10 ideas on how we can put that player in a position to succeed. If it's Aaron Jones, get me a list of routes. Get me a list of packages. Get me a list of alignments. Get me as many different ideas on how we can get Aaron Jones the ball in an advantageous position. All right, now we did Jones. Let's go next. Al Lazard. I want 10 ideas from everyone on how to get Al Lazard the ball in an advantageous position, in space, over the middle, on deep routes, uh, using motion, using screenplays, whatever. All right, Al Lazard, boom, next. Who's our next best guy? Elton Jenkins. Why isn't he playing well? I want 10 ideas on how we can help him play better. Figure out who your best players are and then help them succeed. That's more than half the battle of coaching. That might be three-fourths of the battle of coaching. Take the players that you have and create plays, run plays, call plays, execute plays, that set those players up to succeed. They're not doing that right now. Aaron Jones had three carries in the first half yesterday. How? How does Aaron Jones end this game with only 12 touches? He had nine carries, which is fewer than Dylan. For what reason? I do not know, and we'll talk more about that. A.J. Dylan is on my list right now. And also, he was only targeted in the passing game three times. How? It's the second week in a row, and the third time in six weeks, half of the games that the Packers have just not really used their best player on offense. And I don't get it. Is there there a screw loose in Matt LaFleur's head? He's your best player. Why is he not driving anything and everything you run on offense? Is it hubris? Is it stupidity? Makes me think of that line from the other guys. 
when Mark Wahlberg keeps saying Christina and it's Christina. It's Christineth. Are you stupid or are you deaf? It's Aaron Jones. Are you stupid or are you deaf? What am I watching every Sunday? He's very good at football and exists in an offense where there aren't very many good skilled position players. So a lot of sports radio hosts today are asking the question, do you blame Rodgers? Do you blame LaFleur? Do you blame Joe Barry? Let's just cut through all of that because it's everyone's fault, okay? I'm not doing that game today. Here's what I'll tell you. Everyone involved, coaches and Aaron Rodgers, because at this stage in his career, he's elevated to a place where he gets to help make decisions and have input on things as he should. Everyone who has any responsibility in creating scheme, packages, alignments, play calling for either offense or defense, you all need to sit down in a room and figure out who your best players are and come up with ways to help them succeed. Because until you do that, everything else is secondary. You're going to have Jair Alexander, who's a great corner. Aaron Jones, who's a great player. You're going to have Alan Lazard, who we like. David Bakhtiari, who we like. You have all these good players, and the results aren't there. So you need to sit down in a room, everyone, because everyone's doing a miserable job right now, and come up with a list of plays for Aaron Jones. Come up with a list of plays for Alan Lazard. And when things get difficult during the game, and it always happens for the Packers offense. <laughs> Set the play sheet down and pull up your little list that you wrote down on your legal pad and pick one of those plays that you designed and you had in mind to get Aaron Jones the ball. Because until you do that, it, it doesn't matter. You're just gonna you're just gonna be mid. You're gonna be middling like this. Send me a text or give me a call, 608-796-2558. We'll talk for 10 minutes when we come back, and then I gotta shut the phone off for a while because we're gonna chat with Eric Eager from Sumer Sports. But then after that. We're going to take a lot of calls today, I promise. It's just going to take a while to get to everyone, so I appreciate your patience. 608-796-2558. You can always send me a text if you don't want to wait around on the phone, and you can find me on Twitter, at Wisco Grant. Wisco Sports Show, back in three minutes. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. show talk of Packers Jets if you're just tuning in let me fill you in real quick I'm still mad about Josh Hader that small peanuts today Aaron Rodgers Matt LaFleur Joe Barry everyone's got to sit down and say who are our best players how do we get them the ball how do we put them in good positions right because Aaron Jones is our best player on offense they keep forgetting about him which can't happen they got all these great players on defense and yet none of them look good I have a hard time believing that every player at the same time is all playing crappy. I'm not saying the scheme stinks. I'm saying, hey, let's, let's, we're through six games, we're 500. Forget what you've heard. Forget what we've talked about. Let's just boil this down to basics. Simplify it, as Aaron Rodgers said. Give me 10 ideas on how to get Aaron Jones the ball. Give me 10 ideas on how to get Alan Lazard the ball. Give me 10 different ideas on how we can set Jair Alexander up to make a play. Give me 10 ideas, different things, twists, stunts, different looks. How can we set up Rashawn Gary to make a play? Nobody's getting any help. Uh, I got a tweet here from Aaron who says, the Packers are complacent from Lafleur and refuse to change because, quote, we have good players. It'll work out. Yeah, you do have good players. Maybe help those good players. Put those good players in a good situation. All right, let's get a bunch of calls in here before we talk to Eric Eager. Sumer Sports going to be here in 10 minutes. Corey is in Marshall, 608-796-2558. What's up, Corey? Howdy, how you doing, Grant? Uh, I'm actually not doing bad because at least this Packers Jets gave us something interesting to talk about. If they had to lose, at least we yeah. didn't have a fun show. That's true. I too felt trolled by the universe on uh, Saturday with the Josh Hader thing. So uh. you're not the only one that felt that way. I was like, I thought of you and Rowdy, and I was just screaming to <laughs> the abyss about it all summer. And yeah. 
And when you said it was an unserious move by an unserious team way back in July, you were that's a uh, a term that's stuck with me for a while. Unserious. Um, Such a diss. It's so disrespectful. Move. But I think they did deserve it. Correct. Yeah. Uh, Packers, Jets, you've kind of hit on all the points, so I really don't have much to add. My observation from yesterday when I think uh, when he says simplify things, I don't know what that means either. I These do. guys are all professionals, <laughs> yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, this isn't like JV Pop Warner stuff where you're in high school and it says, okay, you're going to give it to the halfback and he's going to go off the center's ass and yeah. go to the go through the A-gap, right? Run left. This is a little bit yeah. higher level than that. Exactly. A little bit. Um, I think their their problems starting to end at their offensive line on offense. I think that's why you're starting to see riders get jittery. Um, I think he thinks in the back of his mind he's going to get getting plastered like he did yesterday every time. That's not good, but that is, you know, that's the reaction that you're seeing. And um, they stunted them to death yesterday, and you're going to see that a lot more moving forward. And Seeing Aaron Jones get blown up in the backfield by Quinn and Williams was pretty distressing because John Running couldn't make a reach block. Yeah. Um, I don't think the, it'll be the last time you'll see that type of uh, concept used against them. How they respond to it will be a question. But um, I don't know if the talent is as great as we think it is. I hope it is. It should be, yeah. theoretically. But it's a tough scene, dude. That was pretty tough listening. That I was driving back from up north yesterday, getting our deer blinds ready. And ooh, where's up north? I gotta like, ask. I gotta, I gotta ask. Where's up north? Well, I can't give away the exact location, but it's just south of River, Michigan. Oh, so it's right on the border. Oh, it's way up there. Up in border up north, country. Up north. Oh, I love that. Seeing snow and snow and rain all the, all weekend long, basically. Oh. So it wasn't that surprising. Being on the woods was a lot more fun listening to that Packers game. Yeah, no kidding. Honest, so. Getting to be that time of year, Corey. Hey, I appreciate the call. Yep, take crazy. Yeah, you Bye. as well. That's Corey and Marshall. I agree with everything you just said. You mentioned the offensive line. The offensive line was bad, but it falls along the same line of thinking. The Packers are not putting their best players in position to succeed. Like, I think Elton Jenkins is one of their best linemen. He's not playing great right now. He's coming back off of injury, but they're not helping him in any way. Here, you're going to be out on the end against a hyper-athletic defensive end. Good luck, one-on-one. Have fun. I know you just blew your knee out not that long ago, but have at it. Like, nobody is being set up to succeed. And maybe Corey's right. Maybe some of the talent isn't as good as we hoped. Maybe Eric Stokes regresses in year two. Maybe Devondre Campbell regresses. I think that's probably baked in. I didn't think any of us thought that uh, Devondre Campbell was going to play as good as he did last year. But he's better than this. Eric Stokes is better than this. Elton Jenkins, David Bakhtiari, even coming back from injury, better than this. Aaron Jones is better than this. Just not being put in positions to succeed. Big Joe is here, 608-796-2558. What's up, Big Joe? What's up, Grant? How you doing, buddy? I am doing outstanding. Grant, and I promised you I am not going to talk bucks with you, so I won't. <laughs> later, no, uh, later this week, we're going to talk lots of NBA. All right, we'll do it later this week. How's that sound? Love it. Well, uh, I got my top five ready. I wanted you to make your top five favorite bucks of all time. So. I, I'll have that ready by Thursday. How does that sound? All right, we'll do it then, buddy. Uh, no, this weekend for me, I already told Evo today, it was just not a good football weekend for me. Uh, Badgers looked awful. The USC game, because I am a USC Trojans fan, it was entertaining. I just wish they would have won. It seemed like they got a lead, and then they just let up. Um, and that's just one of my big takeaways in football. If you have a lead... Don't go off the gas. You got to keep going, mm-hmm. and you got to just finish the opponent. I mean, I'm a quote karate kid here. Yeah. You got to finish him, sweep the knee, you know, show no mercy. Yeah. 
Uh, Packers yesterday, that was that was dreadful. I have a friend that went to the game, and he goes, third quarter, I started walking back to the bus, like head back towards Bass, and I'm like, I don't blame you. Oh, man. Yeah, that would have been such a crummy game to be at because of all the things we're talking about. There wasn't a lot of life. There wasn't a lot of heart. The weather stunk. There wasn't anything exciting. For, the for, offense just yeah, needs go ahead. a spark. They need something, man. I don't know what it is. I I don't know. I, I was even trying to tell Nelson and Ebo this morning. I don't know who's worse right now, the Badgers or the Packers, because it's just about as equal. Um, two last things, Grant. One, with baseball, I am. I'm really happy, obviously, my Padres are in the NLCS. I am, too. Uh, Josh, Josh Hader, I mean, I'm just laughing right now at Brewers fans because it's just like, this is great. My other all-time favorite teams in the NLCS. I honestly think whoever wins the NLCS is going to win the World Series. That's my personal theory. Um, and then tonight for fantasy football, Grant. I'm down by six points. Okay. All I need is a Melvin Gordon touchdown. Do you think I can get it? Oh, yeah. for sure. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. Oh, yeah. You de- you don't even need a touchdown. You just need a couple of good carries, maybe a catch or two. Oh, that's light work. And I will cheer for Melvin Gordon tonight. Thank you for giving me a little extra reason to have something to cheer for. Oh, no for worries. And yeah, he, last I saw, because I'm in the Yahoo League, he was questionable. Is he playing or what did they say? Who's that? I'm sorry? Uh, Melvin Gordon. The last I knew, I, I, I'm in a Yahoo League. Yeah. Last I saw, he was listed questionable. Is he playing tonight? Uh, I'm not sure, but you should pick up Mike Boone as a handcuff just to stash on your bench. Should do that. Okay, we will do, buddy. Thanks for the tip. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Big Joe. I'm sorry. I got to go through calls a little bit more quickly today because a lot of people want to get in. I have a bunch of texts, and I'm sorry. I'll get to you all after Eric Eager. We're going to do a text segment, but I got to call Eric because I told him 430. It's already 430. I got to take a five-minute break. Wisco Sports Show back in a couple of minutes with Eric Eager, Sumer Sports. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show. Hope you had an awesome weekend. My name is Grant Bills. Twitter at Wisco Grant. Jets beating the Packers by 17. I like looking back, this game gets wilder the more I look back at it. When the game ended, I just kind of uh, ho-hum. I was mostly excited to watch Chiefs Bills. The more I look back at this game, this is just horrendous. Every stat makes me hate this game more. I I feel like I underreacted in real time yesterday. Maybe it's the game was just such a dreadful watch. It was so boring. Here to talk about this game, what's going on with football as a whole, including his Chiefs playing an awesome, really fun game against the Bills yesterday. Eric Eager from Sumer Sports. Eric, what's up? Grant, it's great to be on the uh, lacrosse airwaves. Uh, good, to, good to talk to you. Yeah, uh, to Marcus, you're calling. I can't take your call, buddy. Uh, call in a couple of minutes when we're done with Eric. Sorry about that, to Marcus. Uh, yeah, Eric, one of your tweets yesterday afternoon really sparked something in me. When you tweeted uh, during your Chiefs-Bills game, uh, when Nance says Kelsey, it really made me think of the way Buck used to say Nelson. And Cobb and I just, that really struck something with me yesterday. So I wanted to tell you that that really I really got that tweet yesterday. Yeah, I mean, yeah, when he's Kel, yeah, he just he says the name Kelsey, and and like I, I'm actually like somewhat infamous for like for most games I don't listen to the commentators unless it's Chris, my former boss. Or, really, but like for that, for yeah, I, I normally listen to like books on tape or something like that, which is you know kind of I don't know if it's psychopathic behavior or not, but like. I just remember Saturday. I, I turned on uh, one of the games, and and the first thing the guy said was, "You know, they, they got to run the football to set up play action." I was like, "All right, that's the, all the confirmation <laughs> I need." Yeah. Um, so yeah, unless it's like one of those like marquee games. I like Romo and Nance, obviously. I like Chris and and my friend Mike Tarico, but uh, but 
but yeah, for the most part, I, I generally don't listen. Um, but I can I can totally get what you're saying with Buck and uh, Buck and Aikman. Yeah, Cobb. Of course, you have the the Super Bowl memories of Nance saying Kelsey. I don't really have that with Cobb. Uh, some nice playoff moments, I suppose. But I really like that tweet yesterday. I'd never thought about it that way. Uh, let's start with Lafleur. People are calling him soft. Robert Sala basically said it yesterday. Uh, I saw Cowherd going at him today. People are turning a little bit on the floor. I understand he's won a ton of games for Green Bay. This is the first time he's ever lost back-to-back games. I'm not saying he's a bad coach, but I think there are some trends with his team. Maybe a little soft. They get blown up by good teams in 2019 and then had some ugly moments in the playoffs. You work directly with NFL teams, so I'm curious to get your point of view on this. Can you speak to how maybe different teams take on different personalities and maybe the role that head coaches play in that? Yeah, I mean, I think LeFleur has been uh, nothing short of a wonderful coach so far. If you look at, like, how the thing ended with McCarthy, and, you know, there's that famous story that Peter King talked about, you know, Mike McCarthy, you know, visiting PFF and, you know, when he was between jobs. And, I, I you know, I tried, you know, when, when he was there, I tried to ask him about Rodgers. And, you know, McCarthy gave a very, like, stock answer about how good Aaron Rodgers was and how, you know, nice of a guy he was. And you mm-hmm. could tell, you know, just a little bit of, like, you know, all of this stuff, but right. Like, and, and you know, there are tons of like really cool people and good people. You just don't get along with. Yeah. And, and weirdly, I think LaFleur, like Rogers is one of those guys. He's one of those like kind of toxic radioactive guys that like, you know, it's just, he can grade on you. And the fact that LaFleur was able to get Rogers to buy into that offense, especially in the 2020 year where it was unbelievably yes. lethal. Yeah. Um, you know, win 13 games three consecutive years. Like, everybody's going to say that that's Rodgers. Everybody's going to say that that's the talent. By the way, the 2020 draft, everybody, you know, when you know when it was Love and Dylan, who has played poorly this year, DeGuaro, who's not really a player, you know, ex, like he's overcome the fact that, like, they haven't necessarily got him a full deck of cards. Yeah, They did give him Rodgers, but Rodgers is incredibly difficult to work with. Like, I think LeFleur gets less credit than he should. Now, characteristics of that team, they are kind of soft, and they've been yeah. soft for years. Like they've they've not been good stopping the run. They they've you know played a brand of football that I wouldn't consider tough for a long time. But that's that's a hidden that like that's just a symptom the symptom that's that's cropping up because the quarterback and the coach and the offense are not clicking right now. Why is it? I mean, if we had an answer, we'd be coaching the Packers, and we'd be maybe winning some playoff games. Why is it that Rodgers can come out of the last two years, clearly see all of the easy throws and and the the way the offense, I remember the first game against the Vikings in 2020 in an empty U.S. Bank stadium, and they had these easy, like free yards that they were getting, bootleg out to the right to Tunyon, 10 yards after the catch. This guy's wide open, eight yards. It was so easy, and I hadn't seen anything like that, not in Lafleur's first year, but in year two when Rodgers won that that third MVP, the first under Lafleur, really popped. Why is Rodgers now, after the last two years and two MVPs, saying, okay, that was nice, but now I want to do it my way when his way was what kind of turned everything south with McCarthy? I just, I don't get it. I mean, you know, you're, I mean, you're a part of, you you play music, right? Like, it's like the band thing, right? It's like, you know, they, why do bands break up? They break up because of, of egos and narcissism and, you know, the, the, um, you know, why, you know, when, you know, growing up in Minnesota, I watched a lot of Green Bay, and I, you know, you know, frankly hated how good Aaron Rodgers was. Yeah. And like, why did that happen with McCarthy? Like, 2014, 2011, 2010, like that was a lethal offense. Why did that go sideways? Like, I think, you know, Rodgers is just one of those people. We all have them in our lives that just think that their their way is better. And you can 
harness them. And in fact, I think the fact that Lafleur is able to harness him for as long as he did is part of what makes Matt, you know, Matt Lafleur a great coach. Yeah. Um, but it just it goes away at times. I mean, look, like Mike McCarthy's not a bad coach. He just went four and one with Cooper Rush. Yeah. Right? Like you know, but but at the end of Green Bay, he had everybody thinking he was the biggest boob out there, right? Mm-hmm. So I think you know it's just one of those where it's like maybe maybe Rogers just needs a change of 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 of, of uh, speech every every so often, and like that's unfortunate for Lafleur because that might mean he loses his job before this contract is up, but. At the same time, like it's just it's just characteristic of who Aaron Rodgers is. He's always going to want to have control, and the only reason he ceded control was because they drafted a quarterback to replace him, and <laughs> yeah. his efficiency numbers had gone down. You know, once once he got once his his grades started getting good again, he started skipping school. Yeah, that's a really that's a really good way to look at. It. That's a good analogy. I want to talk about some coaches around the NFL. There's a lot of bad football right now, uh, and I think there's a million different reasons why. Uh, you could say that it's parody. I, I just think it's a lot of average teams. One thing that I've been trying to put my finger on, and you tell me if I'm off base or, or maybe you think along these same lines, it seems to me that over the last five years, there have been a lot of coaches that have been hired as head coaches that maybe are better suited to be offensive coordinators, like brilliant offensive minds, but they struggle with the other things, right? And you you talk about Mike McCarthy. McCarthy doesn't really seem to be great at any one specific thing, but it's working in Dallas, right? He's delegating, and there must be some great leadership element there. Whereas I think some of these other coaches, and maybe Lafleur falls along this line somewhere where there's a lot of coaches that are just maybe better as offensive coordinators. What, what do you think of the, the state of coaches currently in the NFL? Yeah, it's, a, it's a great, it's a great uh, observation. I also think a lot of coaches that are hired are trying to do both when they should really focus on one. You, sure. you look at Nathaniel Hackett in Denver. Um, you know, he wasn't like you think about how difficult of a job he's got. He wasn't even calling plays last year, and now and he wasn't a head coach. Yeah, and now he's trying to do both and learn a new quarterback. Um, all in Denver at the same time, like the guy's gonna fail, right? Darryl, you know, when Brad Childress went to Minnesota a long time ago. He had, again, he had called plays for Andy Reid for like three games, right? And now he's supposed to lead men and call plays on the sideline at the same time. Like, there's no wonder he can't, you know, they're, they're getting called for delays a game and stuff yeah. like that. So, yeah, I mean, whereas guys like Mike Tomlin, you know, who, uh, you know, had one year as a defensive coordinator uh, for the Minnesota Vikings in 06, goes to Pittsburgh, sticks with the Dick LeBeau 3-4 opposite defense that he ran in Minnesota, and it's just like he's the CEO, and and. You know, it's hard because I think a lot of these guys, it's the same thing as we just talked about with the Rogers discussion. You want to show your worth, right? And if you delegate too much, people might be like, well, what are you doing here, right? And so I think that you get a lot of that in various places. And there aren't that many. And granted, like, there aren't that many McBays. There aren't that many Shanahan's. There aren't that many Reeds. And when you watch Mm -hmm. the end of their games, they struggle at the end of games. They're great at play calling. They struggle at the head coach stuff. Yeah. And, and so I just think it's really hard to do everything that well. And, you know, you couple that with the fact that you've had retirements of Rivers, you've had retirements of Roethlisberger, um, Brady's basically done, you know, et cetera, et cetera. You know, those guys were a head coach assistants basically on the field. True. You know, when you have to be a head coach who also calls plays for a quarterback who just works here, like that's a really hard <laughs> uh, job. And, and it makes a ton of sense that guys are struggling with it. Yeah, it makes sense. I, I don't think this has been an example of how poor Hackett is. I think Hackett might be a very good coach. I think the last couple of weeks are just evidence that being a head coach is really hard. And there's so many things that going in, go into being a head coach that you maybe don't think about until you see a new guy try to do it all at once. And it just lays it so bare. 
Um, by the way, I'm very excited to watch the Broncos on primetime tonight. I know people are sick of him. I just, I really like cheering against Russell Wilson. You're, you're a big sports better, Eric. I don't love betting. Maybe I just need more money and then maybe I could get more into it. I watch sports to cheer against Russell Wilson. That's one of the things that keeps me going and tuning in. I know he's a Wisconsin guy, but I'm looking forward to that tonight. Well, as a Chiefs fan, I can't wait to see how one of those two teams melts down, the Uh, Chargers or the the Broncos. So, uh, yeah, it'll be enjoying. I think it'll be enjoying, you know, full experience tonight. I, um, yeah, I, I think I think Justin Herbert is like a low key is a low key meltdown specialist as well for how good he is, which is weird. Interesting. I just think it's a Chargers thing as a whole. I want to see how tonight's game goes. I feel like I haven't paid attention to the Chargers in a couple of weeks, so I'm excited to watch this game tonight. Really quickly before I let you go, I keep joking that Joe Barry isn't a real coach, and I feel kind of bad. But you know, I'm a radio entertainer. Like, I got to make some jokes every once in a while, and we're always ripping on Joe Barry, but. If I got hired as a defensive coordinator, and I'm obviously not qualified, and I had to do my best to fake it, I would do all the things that Joe Barry is doing. Like, run a generic too high, run a very plain front where I never bring more than four, no twists, no stunts. Like, Joe Barry is doing all the things that you would do if you were trying to fake being a defensive coordinator. Yeah, and I think, unfortunately, for Packers fans, like, it's been since, what, the 2010 Dom Capers year that they've had a coach that's been a plus guy on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, um, this is an extremely talented group. Now, the Quay Walker draft pick, you know, in hindsight, you know, the, the Devondre Campbell signing, we bought him, out, you know, on the very top of the market for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, Russell Douglas, similarly, uh, you know, it, it, you know, there's a lot of good players on that defense. I think it was going to take a good coaching effort to get the best out of it, and they certainly haven't uh, yet this year, although de- defense was not their problem yesterday and hasn't really been. Uh, for a couple of the weeks, but you know what? What this team really needs, like they like they need air to breathe, is for their defense to win them a game. And so far, they haven't been able to. <sighs> I keep trying to explain. You know, when we talk about the defense on this show, like yes, this defense is is supposed to be good, but that doesn't mean they're going to hold a team to ten points every week. Like it's really hard to play defense in the NFL. A defense, in my opinion, and you tell me if I'm wrong, it should be like the insurance, right? The idea is your offense shows up five out of six games, six out of seven games because it's 2022 and that's how football is played. And then that one off game that they have, that's when you want the defense that's good enough to step in and still save the game, right? Like this, I don't want a team that's led by the defense. You should never build a team that way. Yeah, I mean, you just don't want your, like the Chiefs defense yesterday against Buffalo was like a perfect example. The Chiefs defense didn't lose them the game. Uh, their offense didn't quite play as well that well. And Buffalo played a great game, so they lost. Like you don't want to, you don't want your team to give you no chance. Like the Detroit Lions defense, mm-hmm. you know, you don't want that to give you no chance. Um, but you know, in the NFL, it's not. If you build a team with the requirement that your defense gives up 15 points a game, you're going to lose. So yeah. um, that, that's just not a realistic expectation for NFL defenses. You want your defense to be able to steal a game or two for you in a year, as you said, um, and you want them to simply not to be a disaster. And the Green Bay Packers, defensively, personnel-wise, have the tools for that. It just hasn't been the case so far. I'm not going to hold my breath on Joe Barry. I will expect nothing and hopefully be uh, surprised positively at some point this season. Eric Eager on Twitter at Eric Eager underscore no longer PFF. I'm enjoying the new show that you do with Thomas Dimitrov and the content that you guys are creating at Sumer Sports. Thanks, Eric. I appreciate you. Grant, thanks for having me on. Take care. Yeah, have an awesome night. That's our friend Eric Eager, Sumer Sports. I am so excited to cheer against Russell Wilson tonight. Eric, you know, he's betting these games. That's what keeps him going. He's making money. I just want to see the guys I don't like lose. <laughs> That's really what it comes down to. And I will be rushing home immediately after the show. I want all the pregame. I want all of it. I am amped 
for Broncos in primetime. It's one of my favorite things about this season so far. 608-796-2558. All right, back to the phones. Let's go. I want to talk to as many of you as possible today. I know a lot of you have uh, things to say about this game, and I want to get to as many as possible. A bunch of texts. I'm going to get to all of them coming up next before 5 o'clock. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Just simplify some things and simplification notwithstanding. And that's why I think we need to simplify things. It was very simple things. Very simple plays. Then we need to simplify things. Now it's, oh, we need to simplify. Rain it in a little bit. Let's just simplify some things. Uh, the simplest plays are the best plays. Might be time to reel it back in a little bit and, and uh, simplify some things. Simple mistakes. So we're making simple mistakes on complex plays. To me, the natural response is to simplify things even more. That's Aaron Rodgers, our guy. The subtlety of simplicity. Remember that? Forgot about that until this afternoon. Just another chapter in a long history of interesting Aaron Rodgers press conferences. This is the Wisco Sports Show. That was Eric Eager, Sumer Sports. He's on Twitter, Eric underscore Eager. No PFF anymore. It's Sumer Sports now. I would imagine changing the Twitter handle had to be a, a tough step. I remember when I changed from at Keystroker Grant to at Wisco Grant. It was the end of an era. But look at how far we've come. A couple of texts that I want to get to. I've been putting these off, and I'm sorry. Herman says our whole coaching staff is responsible for why GB is struggling. LeFleur shrinks when scripted plays don't work out. Presses uh, to make a difference. Joe Barry flat out sucks. Special teams that was supposed to have been improved has been total trash, total letdown in three seasons. Did I mention Joe Barry can't coach, period? Have a great day. Yeah, he's a fake coach. Uh, here's a text. I don't have a name, but he listens on 105.1 in Eau Claire. Says, My question is, do you agree with the thinking that the Packers overpaid uh, for two one-hit wonders in Campbell and Douglas? I compare Campbell to Blake Martinez, lots of tackles, but no big plays. Um, Maybe they overpaid but I still think it's a net positive that they paid them both and that they're here on this team. Might complicate things a year or two down the line. Yeah, they paid. They paid top of the market price for two guys that were on practice squads last year. So yes, they probably overpaid. I still don't think it's an inherently a bad thing. I do want to talk about, especially Rasul Douglas coming up around 5.30. Rockin' Rick, says of Aaron Rodgers. He's lost his cool in the pocket, looks nervous and anxious even before he's pressured. He's always been so cool. Yeah, we just need some good things to happen to this team. You get two wins in a row and all of a sudden there's more confidence. I think that really helps Rodgers. Mike from Chippewa Falls. I think Aaron needs to retire before he gets killed by defensive linemen. He's going to be one of those 55-year-old former players that hobbles around like an old man. Oh, no, 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 no. Holistic medicine. Some ayahuasca. That'll fix him right up. Uh, this text from Eric on I-90. I can... <laughs> I can... Oh, my God. My wife has like 10 home decorations that say simplify. I can donate them to the Packers to hang in the locker room if that will help you. <laughs> Thank you, Eric. Uh, I might just take you up on that. A couple of more texts, but first let's talk to Marcus in Eau Claire. What's going on, Marcus? Welcome. Hey, man. Say, sorry about that second phone call. That was an accident. I accidentally called you as a phone to let you know I wasn't trying to be a bug. But no, uh, um, just real quick, man, I talked to so many Packers. I'm a Packer fan, you know, stay down here in Eau Claire. Yeah. Talked to so many Packer fans down here, and everybody is having the same thoughts that I'm having. Like, number one, what was the point of drafting your QB that you haven't even played yet? You know what I mean? The only reason he played is because of some mishaps, you know what I mean? The COVID toe with Aaron Rodgers, and then 
But, I mean, and I feel like last night they should have put him in that second half. And I feel that way because when you don't produce and when you don't do well, they always put you back up in. You know what I mean? They've been doing it for years in football. They always put the back up in when the starter can't do anything. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I just feel like everybody feels like we should have probably been started, started Jordan Love, let him get some reps in, especially in last night's game since it didn't look like we were going to get anything done at all, you know? Um, <clears throat> real quick. Yeah. Did you talk to your people out there to try to get you a show down there? <laughs> I want to get up. Uh, I was actually talking to uh, one of our people who was up there last week. And I want to do more live shows. It's just, it's a really busy time of year with, well, with obviously football going on. But then I got a broadcast here, not a broadcast, but event every Thursday. And we got Kenny and Heilprin going on and Ebo and Rowdy are on the road. So everyone's out and about. Uh, as I said, I would love to do that. We're just, I think, starting to get some irons in the fire with Eau Claire. They're a relatively new affiliate compared to obviously Madison and some of our other stations. Right. So I think we're making some headway. I won't forget about hey, Eau Claire. I got to get up there. I know you said earlier when you had your friend on, I forget his name, Eric, maybe yeah. you were saying something about uh, how, um, no, somebody was, one of, one of you two said something about how people are like trying to get rid of Matt LaFleur. And I just feel like that'd be one of the worst things that we could do, especially at a time like this when it doesn't look like our quarterback is going to be around too much longer. I saw it on, I saw it on his face last night. It looked like he didn't even want to be throwing the football well, to these guys. <laughs> yeah, I, let, I want to talk more about that. I got to take a break in about 30 seconds for the hour tomorrow, so I got to let you go. Thank you for the call. Go I'm going to talk more about this. Thanks for taking my call, man. Yeah, of course. Have an awesome night. Don't worry about that call earlier. I get it. There's only one phone line, and it can be kind of cluggy sometimes. I think Matt LaFleur is the guy for the Packers. I think if they had to choose right now, I think they'd choose LaFleur, which I obviously didn't feel about McCarthy. So so that much has changed in the last couple of years. I think LaFleur has a little bit more power for that reason. I'm interested to see if he wields it. I don't think Jordan loves the answer. I definitely want to clear that up, and we'll talk about that next. Wisco Sports Show back in two minutes. Simplify some things. It was very simple things. Very simple plays. Then we need to simplify things. Rain it in a little bit. Let's just simplify some things. The simplest plays are the best plays. Reel it back in a little bit and simplify some things. This is where Wisconsin gathers to talk sports. Packers, Brewers, Badgers, Bucks. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Now, here's your host, Grant Bills. talk about the idea of buyer's remorse and maybe a couple of players that the Packers paid for that they're wondering uh, should we have done that should we have maybe should we have maybe not paid for that guy and to be 100% clear I love that Rasul Douglas and Devondre Campbell are both on this team and there are other players I want to talk about too but those are their big free agent retainees is that a word retainees gotta be those are their two big retentions this last offseason And they both got a lot of money. I'm glad they're both on this team because the Packers are better this year for having those two guys. I don't know what it means long-term for the cap. That's more of an off-season project. I'm not going to worry about that right now. I'm too busy breaking down the film, worrying about X's and O's and the trenches and the A-gap and such. But I do want to talk about the idea of buyer's remorse and maybe why looking back, the Packers signing Rasul Douglas and Devondre Campbell, maybe maybe not a bad thing, but maybe not all it should be 
through six games of the season. Obviously, the Packers three and three, losing to the Jets twenty-seven to ten at home yesterday is big favorites. I, I don't even know where to begin. If I were to look at the last time a team lost to the Jets and the Giants in back-to-back weeks, <laughs> I don't. I don't even know. We got how many years have we got to go back for that? And yet the Packers are three and three following two losses to two really poor New York teams. So we'll talk about buyer's remorse coming up at 5:30. Club NFL at 5:45. We'll wrap up the show with that tonight. This is the Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. Thanks for being here. I appreciate you hanging out. Trying to get to as many people, as many calls, as many texts as possible. You can also tweet me at Wisco Grant, 608-796-2558. Our friend David Monona. What's up, Dave? Welcome. Short pants. How's it going, buddy? It's going good. Hey, I heard uh, your uh, call this morning, by the way. I thought you had some good takes. Hey, Marcus. Uh, Grant and I will come to Eau We'll be the dog and pony show. Now I've got to tell you which one's the dog and which one's the pony. <laughs> nice. You want to go on the road as, as a part of the Wisco Sports Show? Like, you know, they have Dan and the Danettes. You could be one of... I don't like the name Grant and the Grantettes. That sounds stupid. But. Grant and uh, uh, we'll, we'll turn you into a man yet the road like they used to say in the wild west you know to watch the show we're gonna make you a man son i appreciate we'll, 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 walk, we'll walk in with the guns and you know guns are blazing and uh take prisoners and just piss off the whole town you know where are we going to a saloon where are we where are we going with this <laughs> showdown in the middle of the street this is eau claire this isn't i don't know fill in the blank a small town around madison windsor we are, sorry mike we'll We'll reenact uh, Gunsmoke, my friend. You can, of course, you're Miss Kitty and not Marshall Dillon, so that's a given. <laughs> that's fine. That's but, fine. What'd you think of the Packers not, Jets? I know you got thoughts. Come no, on. no, no. As far as I mean, the blame is one thousand percent Matt Lafay. Aaron Rodgers is a, is, a, is a piece of crap in human being. He sat there and he's throwing Matt Lafay. I mean, I keep saying Matt Lafay. Matt LaFlunk under the bus. You know, didn't make it, didn't make, didn't um, change too many plays yesterday. Let's yeah. uh, simplify it, simplify it. Why not just call your team stupid? Every time you say that, you're calling your receiver stupid. They've got to be sitting in the locker room hearing that, just wanting to beat the hell out of this little prima donna. Sure. You're telling your coach he's stupid, and you think they're, they're going to want to play for you? I mean, the locker room's gone because it's going to be, a, it's, it's 10 against 1. We had a little prima donna sitting in the locker room to uh, simplify it. We got to simplify it. Well, you can't beat when you can't beat one-on-one coverage. Mm-hmm. You're playing an eight-man box. It isn't going to change people. You can simplify it all you want, but the one I mean, you got talent. I mean, as you notice, Greg, they don't you know, they don't do misdirection. Mm-hmm. I lo- I used to love the plays off since today he does hand it off to Chase. You know he does you know, yeah. hand around and into the middle. They take advantage of his skills. You know Dobbs and. Um, well, Watson's, you know, hurt. And Sammy Watkins was a, was a joke. But, you know, what do you think? Um, Al Lazard's going to beat anybody? Al Lazard couldn't beat my grandmother out the light of scrimmage. <laughs> and it's going to be that way all year. So, I'm not, I mean, it's it's, it's frustrating. But I don't know what's going to change. But, oh, no, yeah. what's, what's, what's there? As clear as they, uh, the fellow Grantonets. Well, Aaron I don't. Rogers I, is, is, making, I, Aaron, is making the flunk look stupid. Well, and I don't know. I don't know what is going to change because I think, well, Rogers just, I mean, he's got to hit open guys. Like, he's throwing a guy's feet. Like, I think he will improve there. Like, he bounced one off the ground in front of Tunyon and has missed Aaron Jones in the flat. So, they're very simple things. Very simple things Rogers can clean up. But one thing that bothers me is Rogers doesn't like pre-snap motion, which is how they, they've done so many. You mentioned the Bengals, but they do it so well with, or they have done it well. Even Tyler Irvin was so great 
And he stinks, yep. right? Imagine if they use some of their good receivers in motion. Like, that's what the NFL oh my is. Gosh, and Rodgers hates all this guys. stuff. He hates all this stuff. He doesn't <laughs> want to buy into some of these things that were so successful and last that's year. Why things aren't, that's why things aren't going to change. He doesn't buy into it. And teams are going to continue to play eight-man fronts. And, yes, and the one thing that just – I would love to be in this. If I was a fly in the wall, every time that SOB third short, instead of just taking the first down – What's up with these 30 and 40 and 50-yard passes when you're going three and out? I mean, Matt LaFleur is over there thinking the same thing. I'm telling you, the last guy had a thing. It's time, and I've told people the last two weeks, bye-bye, Rodgers. Don't let the door hit you on the ass. At least love, he might make some mistakes. He'll he'll take the ball down, and they can change that offense. It's not going to change. This is what you're going to see the rest of the year. If you got Aaron Jones, you're not utilizing him on any pre-stamp motion or or out of the backfield, or, you know, wheel routes. They're not using him yeah, at all. He had three targets no. yesterday, and he, I, exactly. I thought, I was told, he was going to basically be their number one wide receiver. He got three targets exactly. yesterday. You're not, you're not using Dobbs. You don't, you don't watch. It's just, so I don't know, man. It's going gonna, it's gonna to get bad. It's gonna, now you're playing another backup quarterback in Washington, and just think that they're going to Buffalo or going to Miami. Oh. I mean, I can maybe see... Well, I mean, it's going to be tough to, to win another game as long as you. I mean, Sunday's game was plus it irritated me because I lost it. I did a two-team teaser, and I, I, I took I, I did Green Bay down to a half. You think the SOBs could have won? No. Well, I think a lot of people had uh, the Packers and parlays and teasers the last two weeks. Oh, they're not going to lose to the Giants. They're not going to lose to the Jets, right? So you throw them in well, I there. I them down. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, come on. But it but it was nice to take uh, take Nelson to clear again. The, the young man, his generation, thinks he can outsmart the old fox, and yeah, <laughs> once again, once again, just kicked his ass to the curb. But <laughs> kind of like you know, your listeners, you know, that's why I had to call it at five o'clock hours. Let them all maybe learn something. But hey, let's take the we'll take the show on the road, but we'll go to Claire, we'll go yeah. to Lacrosse, we'll go to Westby, we'll go to Coon Valley. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine Grant? And they, oh my God, we'll we'll have everybody just screaming with fear. Screaming with fear. That's a good way to look at it. Hey, I appreciate the call, Dave. You have a good night. I always appreciate your insight. Here's the thing with Rodgers. It's frustrating. It's frustrating. Because the last two years, he really bought into Matt LaFleur's offense. And there were so many easy yards. I, go back and watch the highlights of week one, 2020, which was his first MVP season under LaFleur. His third in total, but his first kind of in the second era of his career. Go back and watch the highlights of week one against the Vikings in 2020. So many easy yards. It was just so easy. I Just dump it off to this player, runs for 10 yards. Dump it off to this player, runs for 20 yards. It was so easy. Rodgers didn't have to do too much, but I think Rodgers likes doing a lot. So I think Rodgers has gotten a little uncomfortable in the scheme for that reason. He doesn't like being under center. He doesn't like pre-snap motion, but these are the things that have helped the Packers offense be so good the last two years. And Rodgers, I think, scheme or no scheme, his just little plays here and there where he can get better, right? Simple plays. He talked in his presser, simple mistakes on, on complex routes, whatever that means. I don't know. All I see is Robert Tunyon's open and Rogers is thrown at his feet and Aaron Jones is out on the flat and he can't lead Jones, right? I think Rogers just from an execution standpoint has a lot of room for improvement, but if he doesn't want to buy into this offense and, and do a lot of the things that were so successful the last two years, why is this ever going to be better? Well, or, you know, they're going to win more games than they're winning now, but why are we ever going to get over the top? How are we ever going to accomplish our goals of winning playoff games and making a Super Bowl? And I, you know, it, it's Rodgers being a little stubborn that bothers me. Now, that being said, 
we're living and dying with Rodgers, everybody. I know we've had a couple calls and texts that mention, I would have gone to Jordan Love in the second half. Look, this season is either going to happen with Rodgers or it's not going to happen. So we should accept that reality because Jordan Love is not it. Right? Now we can talk about next year, the year after, whatever, based on, you know, if Rodgers wants to retire, if he wants to do whatever. But this year, it's either going to happen with Rodgers or it's not. So I, I think we got to talk about how Rodgers can improve accuracy-wise, especially on a lot of these easy throws that he's missing. But you know, you got to buy into a little bit more of what Matt LaFleur is trying to do. And I think that's a big issue right now, too. Now, I don't necessarily think Matt LaFleur is... Well, I, I don't know. I want to say Matt LaFleur is not doing a good job, but maybe Matt LaFleur is calling one thing and Rodgers is like, man, nah, I'm going to do this. It's just impossible to tell. It's really difficult to tell exactly what's going on with this offense. Let's talk to DW in New Glarus, 608-796-2558. What's going on? Hey, Grant. Good talking to you again. Um, you too. I didn't really watch the game too much because I would have got too uh, upset with it. Um, I really think LaFleur and Rodgers need to have a closed-door discussion, if it hasn't happened already, and say, Aaron... Man, we love you like a brother or son. But when I call a play, run it because you're the superstar. But I'm just trying to get the team back to the Super Bowl. Yeah. I know you got, I know you got inexperienced wide receivers. But between Dylan and Jones, and they're your two best players on offense, pretty much. You got pound the rock. Yeah. Run it for, you know, give them 15, 20 touches a game. You swing them out of the backfield. And then take your shots down the field occasionally. But, you know, the last couple of games, Rodgers wants to, he's forcing the ball down the field, so he's standing in the pocket holding, holding the ball and getting hammered. You're not going to – this offense isn't made for that. No. It's made for running the ball, taking your taking your shots when you can. I mean, let these guys play nine, nine in the box and, you know, you run – Two guys out of the backfield, but two or, you know two wide receivers and a tight end. Somebody's going to be open for big games, even if you only make a five or ten yard pass. Yeah, I mean, Lazard's not the Lazard's a serviceable wide receiver. He's tall. You get him down by the goal line, he'd be a good, good receiver to go to. Um, but like I say, if Rodgers is going to pull his crap again and start switching plays at the line of scrimmage, um, you're just going to have confusion. And then who's in charge? supposed to be the head coach, not the quarterback. And that's that's how Rodgers got McCarthy fired because he was switching all the plays and stuff. But I don't know. Their defense, too, is you sign, you sign all these cornerbacks. Let them, let them play man-to-man. Let Alexander take on the best wide receiver. You got a great front seven, trust them. Yeah. But what if they give up a paper here and there? You're going to get your sacks on the quarterback, and you're going to get your tackles behind the line of scrimmage. But I'm just not – I'm not a big fan of uh, their defensive coordinator and never have been. They got too much talent on that defense to be giving up 27 points to the Jets. So something's going on there. If the head coaches or the D coordinator and Matt before can't, get on the same page and make a change. I mean, I would love to, I'd love to see the Packers go after another wide receiver, but that's a trade deadline. But, you know, when you're 3-3, three and three, is it going to be worth it? 
they're going to have to go on a five or six game winning streak just to get back in a conversation for a Super Bowl. Well, and that's you, you bring up you bring up a really good point about being three and three. If you look at the schedule, DW, and this is something I was trying to figure out last night. It might be until week nine. If this team starts playing better, they can't really get above 500 realistically until week nine. They should win next week at Washington. And then I can't imagine they're winning at Buffalo on Sunday night football. So then you're 500. Then you have a chance at Detroit. Uh, they have a noon game on November 6th. Then maybe you get a game above 500. But now you're you're what? Five and four? Like that's still, I mean, we're weeks away from really being able to gain any ground. And then you have Dallas coming to town that looks like a real team. Philly two weeks later, so it's going to be a slog. These are some really winnable games that they just let slip through their fingers. Well, they're going to have to get. They're going to have to figure out their offensive line too. I just don't think that uh, uh, Newman is the answer. Um, I hate to say this, but I think the better thing to do is bring uh, uh, all your the guy that got hurt, not Bakhtiari. Oh, Elton um, Jenkins. Yeah, put him back at guard. Put him back at guard and let. Yosman, uh, he looks like he's a capable tackle in the league. Let him play. Well, that's another thing. Like, you know? We're talking, back at 4 o'clock, I went on a little bit of a rant talking about how all these Packers players, who we believe are good, are not playing well. And I think it's because they're just, they're not being put in a, in a position to succeed. Like, put Elton Jenkins at guard, put Yash Nijman at tackle, get Newman off the field. I don't know why we're running Jake Hansen now. Like, this team has good offensive linemen, and yet their offensive line is playing poorly. They have good players on defense, and yet their defense is playing poorly. I think they have good running backs, and yet they can't run the ball. Like, it's just not, we're not getting the result that we should get. I was always told when I was coaching, you play your best 11. If you're not playing your best 11 because of steam or something, then somebody's got to be let go on the offense. I mean, if the offense, uh, line coach is playing favoritism because he likes Newman better than somebody else, then let the offensive line coach go get somebody else in there. Yeah. I mean, I know it's tough. I know it's tough to do on uh, in the in the middle of the season because everybody's got different uh, philosophies on how you coach the line. But you know, the floor likes the the zone scheme, so to speak, and you gotta you gotta stay with it. And you gotta pound the rock because that's gonna take pressure off Rogers. Yeah, I agree with that, DW, and I, I appreciate the call. we got to keep it moving. I, I think you said a lot of good things. Adam Stenovich is one of the best offensive line coaches in the league, or at least he was the last couple of years. Now he's offensive coordinator. I don't know if that means he's spending less time with his position group, with his offensive linemen. I, I don't know what. Really quickly before we take a break, Peter Bukowski, who tweets, you know, nonstop, which you love, love just always putting content out there, was tweeting earlier this afternoon about how Rogers doesn't like certain things that Lafleur does, and he talked about why. And he was digging up screen grabs of a Kevin Clark story at the Ringer. Remember the really long Matt Lafleur story that Kevin Clark put out, um, like really, really, really long, about the things that Rogers likes and, and doesn't like. And basically, the the details that were dug back up today is Rogers doesn't like pre snap motion; he hates it. He doesn't like being under center; he likes being in the shotgun. Right? There's all these different things where I, I think there's some some discord between Rodgers and Lafleur, and Lafleur always bends to Rodgers, right? This is the quote. I have 100% trust in him. This is Lafleur of Rodgers. I have 100% trust with him. We have a lot of conversations during the week. That's why I never want to miss a meeting. I want to. I want him to hear why I like something or why he might not like something because if he's not comfortable with it, I'm not going to call it, which is good. I just think so many of these things that Rodgers doesn't like 
are really conducive to running a good, productive, modern offense in 2022. You need pre-snap motion. You need to occasionally be under-centered or on the ball when you're going against defenses that are seeding you a, a certain number of rushing yards per game. They're like, run the ball. Go ahead. We'll let you get four yards on this play, right? And we're going to sit back. We're, we want you to throw deep, and Rodgers keeps obliging these defenses, and the percentages are just really low. Eric on I-90 says, simplify is really effing original. It's only hanging on every married guy's wall right by the back door above the key rack. <laughs> Uncle Buck, what do you think the odds we see a change in the O-line? Everything starts up front. It's something. Are we going to really roll out the same unit next week and expect it to be any different? Elton Jenkins is not a tackle right now. Yash Najman is a tackle, and we're keeping him on ice. Zach Tom I thought was great. Why is he not playing? And instead we get Royce Newman and Jake Hansen. I just don't get it. I see Dan and Broadhead giving us a call. Dan, if you can wait three minutes, I'll take you on the other side. Wisco Sports Show, back in three minutes. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. show my name is grant bills we're gonna talk about buyer's remorse here in about 10 or 12 minutes club nfl in about quarter to six that's how we'll wrap up the wisco sports show tonight broncos chargers tonight which i am very excited for i will get my uh my jersey on my jersey that says i cheer against russell wilson any chance i have always excited to watch the broncos like the seahawks before them and cheer against our guy danger russ 608-796-2558 if you want to call or text the show, you can tweet me at Wisco Grant. Oh, let's see. Dan and Broadhead says, well, I'm going through a dead zone, so my signal drops. Can only text now. Well, I, I appreciate you very responsibly admitting that and switching over to text as to not bring a poor cell phone quality to the show. No one would enjoy that. Dan says, I say F it. You can fire LaFleur and Coach Rogers can step in. <laughs> that would be quite a move by the Packers organization. Say, oh, you want to be in charge? Go ahead. Like, oh. He need to be entertaining. It would definitely not go well. Not, it wouldn't even be Rogers' fault. We were talking with Eric Eager last hour. It's like there's a million things going on at all times for head coaches. Uh, Rogers cannot obviously do that. We need a little bit better of a meld between Rogers and Lafleur. We're not melding right now. There's there's resistance. I tweeted out at Wisco Grant a link to Week One versus the Vikings. Go back and watch the highlights from 2020. That offense looks nothing like what it is now. It's just deteriorated away. It looks nothing like it did. Oh, it was so beautiful. U.S. Bank Stadium, week one, 2020. I was like, wow. Okay, so this offense is legit. Hector's in on Alaska, 608-796-2558. What's up, Hector? How's your Monday there, Grant? Uh, not too bad. Not too bad. When the show started, I was really angry at Lafleur, and now I've, I feel like I've now I've shifted some of my frustration towards Rodgers, which is interesting. It is. It is. Uh, it's like the season has been like, a newly divorced family where we're the kids and we've been mad at Rogers and blaming him. And now we're realizing, Oh, dad's to blame too. So we got to shift it back and forth depending on the week. Yeah. But either way, we're unhappy either way they're fighting. And you know, they always, you get flashes of it on the sideline and then they do it all behind closed doors. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it was, I made a fantasy mistake and I did not look ahead at the schedule, and I traded Brees Hall away last week. You Oh, but what'd you... Like a, that's interesting. Like an idiot. What'd you trade him for? For Jalen Waddle. 
Oh, well, that's not that's not an inherently bad trade. I really like Brees Hall. I, no. He was on my bench for, I think, the first four weeks of the season, whatever. I was just watching, keeping an eye on him, and well, star running back against the Packers, that's an auto start. Are you kidding me? I'm starting him every time. <laughs> yeah. The uh, one the one thing that I will comment on is the fact that the defense at the beginning of the game seemed to kind of be doing better. They knew what they felt like I felt like they knew what they were doing out there for once seeing Jair Shadow is it's just a beautiful thing to watch watching him because he's so like top tier when it comes to that game mm-hmm. that you like I I missed watching it. Like I, I get I I'm a fan of the game, but I also get mesmerized by certain players, and Jair is one of them. Yeah. Um, I was also that way with like watching Allen Iverson play. Um, I'm that way watching uh, Cooper Cup run his routes, like stuff like that. So it was nice watching him go one on one. But I think if uh, if they struggle against Washington, then I think it's panic time because at that point. Looking ahead at the schedule, it's going to be tough to, like you were saying, to get to that point. And there's no guarantee that, don't hate me, that they beat Minnesota again. Like, for I figured at the beginning of the season they would lose the first game. They're just getting the kinks out. But if it continues how it is, they're going to have a tough time beating Minnesota even for uh, during the second time. Yeah, I like it. So the Vikings look very good. I thought Kirk had a good quote after yesterday's game where he said, last year we were losing all these games and we were thinking we were playing well and still losing and it was frustrating. But this year we're winning these games and talking about all the things we could still do better, which I think the Vikings are in a good spot. The Vikings aren't beating world beaters. But then again, the Packers are losing to teams that definitely stink. So I can't I can't knock the Vikings for taking advantage of a soft schedule and the Packers can't do the exact same thing. The Packers need to beat Washington this week because then you go to Buffalo and that like you just the season is long, but it's not that long to dig yourself in a hole with lots of strong opponents coming up, even as weak as the NFC is. Exactly. Yeah, I I agree with you there. Although maybe the Giants are a better team than we thought. They beat your Ravens yesterday. Yeah, let's not. I was just going to bring that up because it was a rough day of football for me yesterday. I uh, had even in fantasy and in real life but I was I had the dual screens going and I watched the Ravens implode like the Ravens do in the last minute and 40 they you know that they haven't trailed they haven't trailed for even more than a minute all season that's insane and we're at yes. 500 it does it doesn't make any sense we haven't even hit a minute yet the play call Lamar is playing for that new the to secure the bag like the kids say but it's making them do stupid things like that throw he decided to try to push and whatnot whatever but uh, now i gotta make some crunch wraps and then i have an nba fantasy draft tonight Ooh, i had mine yesterday and i don't think it went very well what are you gonna do no do you want to do you want to do over we had a guy <laughs> bail this morning so i have an open slot 10 man no, $20 just I, for fun. I don't even like being in this league it's a dynasty league and my keepers i have oh no yeah. this one's just a regular keeper league dynasty is a lot of commitment and That's NBA, funny. I like to do it just for fun. Yeah, uh, so. I agree. Um, and yet, I'm in year three of a dynasty league, and I still don't even know how fantasy NBA works. So that's, that's <laughs> great for it's me. definitely weird. I'm just lighting money on fire. Thanks, Hector. Have an awesome night. Yeah, you have a good night, Grant. That's our friend Hector in Onalaska. Yeah, I started the day angry at Matt LaFleur. 
And then we talked to Eric Eager and we talked through some of these things. I'm like, well, you know, maybe it's not on Matt LaFleur. Maybe Aaron Rodgers is just doing his own thing. I, I don't know. Aaron Rodgers is Aaron Rodgers. He's a four-time MVP. They need Aaron Rodgers to win games. They need Aaron Rodgers to be great to win games. So I'm not blaming Rodgers for this. I'm saying that Rodgers, if this team is going to be the best version of itself, has to buy into LaFleur's system like he did the last two years. Cone Roller sent in a couple of observations, and I think they're good. He says, all 22 film should be banned from public consumption. I'm sick of seeing these one-frame one screenshots from a four-second play. That I would agree with totally. We have way too many people that are breaking down film. I just, we, we don't. And then that leads to way too many people on Twitter being like, NFL Game Pass is the worst. I, I want to break down film, and it's not even posted yet. It's like, okay, well, calm down. His second take is Grandma Jean could get more separation than Lazard, Dobbs, and Winfrey. Yeah, the wide receivers aren't elite, which is why it's even more so important to run these plays that feature motion and, and structure, and they're not. So it's just this storm of bad things all going on at once, which is why you lose by 17 at home to the Jets as seven-and-a-half-point favorites. Let's talk to FedEx Fred really quickly before we take a break. What's up, Fred? What's going on? Not too much. Two things. Mm-hmm. Number one, maybe Green Bay is not as good as Green Bay thinks they are. Well, and number that I believe number, they they seem to I don't know they they come into these games seeming like they should just show up and win, and that's not obviously how the NFL works. So I think I might be with you there. Yes, and number two, I think this shows that Green Bay needs to go back to 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 drafts and look and realize you can't just take third, fourth, fifth round wide receivers. You need to get talent. That you I would have agree to with. have talent at the wide receivers position in the NFL nowadays. It's just it's a passing league, so you have to have somebody to throw the ball to that can actually separate from the defense and understand a playbook. You know what's interesting is that some of these teams, like the Rams, who traded for a quarterback, and the Broncos, who traded for a quarterback, the Colts traded for a quarterback. You know the teams that are actually lighting the world on fire, the teams that trade for really good wide receivers. Like, look at what the Eagles are doing with A.J. Brown or the Dolphins when they had to uh, doing with Tyreek Hill. Like, I, I don't know. Adding a quarterback is yep. is whatever. I think these teams with young or, or just cheap quarterbacks have really figured it out. Like, one elite wide receiver can make such a huge difference. Well, for example, look at Jamar Chase. Yeah. <laughs> they, they actually figured out a way to use him yesterday, by the way. Do you see how good and involved he was yesterday? Yeah. And if you want to even get closer to home, if you just go across the river... Look at Minnesota's wide receiver core. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like you, 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 I get the, I get the prospect or the hope of, hey, maybe we can find a gem in the third round. But when you have two first round draft picks and you're in a heavy wide receiver draft class and you don't trade up to get one of those big name wide receivers, this is what happens. Yes, you draft a guy in the second round and now he's on IR. You haven't, you have Dobbs who kind of looks like he's a little treading water right now and barely keeping afloat. Randall Cobb, I think he's done for the season, if not week 12 or 13. And Lazard, I, I don't know. I think I'd rather take almost anybody. I think Lazard is Lazard. I think he's always been this player. I think he will always be this player, and I appreciate the call, FedEx Fred. And this is what I said at the beginning of the year. I don't think expanding the role of of Lazard is what we want. We want Lazard to be the same guy and play the same role that he's always been. 
we need to add around Lazard. Instead of elevating Lazard to wide receiver one, he stays Alan Lazard, and the Packers need to find another wide receiver one, right? Because Lazard is great at what he does, but I don't know if he can do a lot more than what he's doing, right? So I, I agree with you there. You can find wide receivers in later rounds. Problem is they normally take longer, right? Devontae Adams took a while even as a second rounder, and the Packers are right now waiting on Watson, who can't stay on the field, and Dobbs, who is a fourth rounder. Those guys take time, and yet this Packers team is trying to win now, which obviously leads to complications. When you're trying to go all in to win right now, and your skill position players are Aaron Jones, who you won't use, A.J. Dillon, who's not very good, and a bunch of wide receivers and tight ends that you're trying to develop, and they need time, and even with time, they might not pan out. Let's take a break. 608-796-2558. I want to talk about buyer's remorse coming up. Club NFL on the way as well before the end of the show tonight. Wisco Sports Show back in a few. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Simpler. Simplify some things. I think it's going to be in our best interest to simplify things. Just simplify some things and simplification notwithstanding. And that's why I think we need to simplify things. It was very simple things. Very simple plays. Then we need to simplify things. Now it's, oh, we need to simplify. Rain it in a little bit. Let's just simplify some things. Uh, the simplest plays are the best plays. Might be time to reel it back in a little bit and, and uh, simplify some things. Simple mistakes. So we're making simple mistakes on complex plays. To me, the natural response is to simplify things even more. Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. I want to talk a little bit about some of the retentions the Packers had in free agency. What's going on with Devondre Campbell? What's going on, especially with Rasul Douglas? I, I don't know if anyone checked with Joe Barry before they re-signed him. It's like, hey, uh, Joe, we're thinking about bringing back Rasul Douglas. Do you have a plan on maybe how you'd use him? Or you you throw him in the slot? Because that's a bad idea. Are you just going to bench him for Eric Stokes, who isn't playing well in his second year? Well, if, if that's what you're going to do, maybe we'll save our money. And maybe we'll sign a wide receiver instead. 608-796-2558. Club NFL in about 10 minutes as well. Talk about some of the other games that went down, including just an awesome Bills Chiefs. Just an, an outstanding football game. It was dramatic at the end. We've seen more dramatic games, but just from a quality standpoint, start to finish, great players, great scheme, great quarterbacks. Just an excellent 10 out of 10 quality-wise football game. It was great. So I want to talk a little bit about that. And we got Russell Wilson to cheer against tonight. I'm Monday Night Football. Let's talk to Daryl, 608-796-2558. What's up, Daryl? Well, first of all, can I ask if are we going to do Grant and the Granters or Grant and the Grantees? Uh, I don't like Grantettes, so we're going to have to find something that's like Grantees. That's not bad. Grantees, as in we're going to tease you in every which way possible. Uh, Nice. Well done. All right. Okay, here we go. Let's let's get right down to it. First of all, the offensive line is in shambles, and that's even with the two uh, two all pros back as far as it goes. Um, the whole line needs to be relooked at, and being the offensive coordinator as far as it goes, I don't think he can fix the offensive line with the talent he has. If not, he would have, he would have Nyman in there and even Tom in there. Are we Tom's sure there have you tried Yash Nijman to tackle and Elton Jenkins back at his natural position? I, I feel like there's a couple of tweaks of this offensive line that would really help things. Couldn't make things worse. Well, that's what I mean. 
That's what I mean. I mean even you, you slide jink. I mean, I just heard it at the top of the hour beforehand, the same thing we were talking about, you know, as far as uh, Yangman in there, uh, Jenkins moved in. And what about the other guard spot? Am I sure that that's the right spot? Or maybe Tom's should play. I'm saying if, the, if Tom's is as good, as good as what they said he is, um, maybe he should play. And maybe that my point is, is that the point is that this offensive line is, are we putting our best five out there? I agree with you on that concept alone. Are we putting our best five? And I don't think we are. I say the season is almost done. I think the season's almost over with. I, I would go on record saying as they lose to the Commodore uh, Commanders on um, uh, this Sunday, the season is over and done. I'm going to come, 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 come back at this a little bit. You said yourself that you'd be concerned. You said yourself uh, within the last couple of weeks, you'd be concerned if the Packers lost to the Jets. Yeah. They lost to the Jets. They did. They lost to the Jets because special teams failed them. The defense was half adequate. Look. And the offense was almost inadequate. I, I know everyone's banging so on the special teams. I know it, but look, they also blocked a punt yesterday. Like, this was still a very winnable game. It's not like special teams completely submarined things. They gave up a touchdown. Okay. Okay, hang on. They gave up. The whole thing is a 10 point swing. A 10 point swing. A blocked field goal. And a blocked punt for a touchdown. Yeah, that those two plays. That's a ten point swing. No matter how you look at it, that's ten points that went the wrong way. Yes, the game would have been like twenty to thirteen. Okay, and it still required required the Packers to make a play here or there. Yeah, but then again, you know I know Rodgers because I think he's the problem. He's the number one problem. Okay. Okay. The number two problem is the fact that those that are playing as far as it goes, you have 11 rookies on this roster, 11 rookies. Mm-hmm. All right. These guys are not experienced at this tempo and this kind of play of, as far as it goes. All right. We've got a few of them that are showing up that are starting to play. I mean, uh, we, we know our, our inside linebacker is really good. Walker is a good player there. We've got, I mean, Wyatt got to play a little. Wyatt got to play the other day. Got to play yesterday. I saw him on the field. So I'm saying, and um, we're still having issues with the two guys that uh, you're talking about as far as did we overpay? Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm saying Campbell has not made enough plays, but he's been near every play. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. If, if you were to take uh, Douglas into the equation as far as it goes, Douglas minus his holding penalties. Holding or interference play a couple of couple of games ago, he would have been he'd be doing about as good. But Stokes is a weakest link. Yeah, right? Stokes Stokes hasn't been good, Daryl. And I got to keep it moving. I, I apologize, and I appreciate the call. Stokes has not been good. I, I agree with you. Why it's whatever. Quay Walker's young. Campbell is healthy and out there. And and God, I, I sound like I'm really carrying carrying water for this defense. I, I really just want to talk about Rasul Douglas. Rasul Douglas, they gave a bunch of money. And I like his leadership. I like his energy. But it's like Joe Barry didn't really have a plan on how to use him once Jair came back. It's like, well, Jair and Stokes will play outside and we'll put Rasul Douglas in the spot. Despite everything we know telling us that's a bad idea. Rasul Douglas is not that guy. So yesterday he's just not on the field as much while Eric Stokes gets cooked over and over and over again by Corey Davis and whoever he was trying to cover. Like, I I don't know. The, The one thing that bothers me is that the Packers seemingly gave Rasul Douglas a bunch of money, which I like. You need depth in the secondary. You need experience. I like that. 
But did they not have a single conversation this offseason with Joe Barry about how he is best used? We're six games in. I don't think they have an effing clue. I also don't think they have a clue about the offensive lineman. There's more uncertainty about the offensive line now than there was week one. And Bakhtiari and Jenkins are back. Everyone's available. Well, Royce Newman, sir. I don't care. Royce Newman sucks. Like, throw whoever in Royce Newman's spot. It won't make a difference. I don't understand how we're still just grasping at straws to try to figure out an offensive line. Same with Rasul Douglas in the secondary. You gave this guy a bunch of money. He should have been instrumental to what you created for a defensive game plan this offseason. And I guess he just wasn't. And that's that's where I get buyer's remorse. The, the worst purchases you make are when you make a purchase and then you just don't really use it. And you look back, you're like, man, I really didn't need to pay for that because I, I never really use it, right? I, I don't know what they're getting out of Rasul Douglas right now. I don't know what his role is. Because Eric Stokes can't play in the slot. I guess Jair is now going to shadow the number one. We wanted that in week one. It took us six weeks to get there. We finally got it. Problem was it was in a loss. Eric Stokes has gone in the tank, and Rasul Douglas isn't playing enough. Despite you giving him all that money, it's just, it's really frustrating. We'll come back, wrap up the Wisco Sports Show. Twitter, at Wisco Grant, 608-796-2558. We'll wrap up the Wisco Sports Show with Club NFL coming up next. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. Twitter at Wisco Grant. Don Julio tweets at me, says, speaking about purchasing something and not use it, I have the same issue with shoes and sneakers for all occasions. Good show. Love it. Uh, yeah, I have shoes that I haven't worn in months. I just wear my black bands mostly. But man, do I have some cool shoes that I never wear. So I'm in the same boat. I feel ya. 608-796-2558. Send me a text. Let me read a couple of these before we close with Club NFL. Mike in Eau Claire says the only good thing I have to say about the Packers is the last time we won the bowl, we were a six seed. Yeah, right, you are, Mike. We're getting all the tough games out of the way with early. It's a good way to look at it. Jason says we're still getting the Rodgers-Mahomes State Farm Bowl. Relax. We shall see. Scott says need more Wildcat. Yeah. <laughs> we don't need Wildcat. It's not that simple, right? Like I got Cone dragging me on Twitter saying that uh, the crowd that says we want more motion is the crowd that says we need more adjustments from Coach Bud. It's not just about motion. That's like one hyper-specific thing. I want Rodgers and LaFleur to be more in concert when it seems like sometimes they're at odds, right? And speaking of motion, like there are mountains of data from the last three years that say teams run better when there's motion, puts the defense in disadvantageous spots. Like motion is good. I'm not saying that, oh, run a jet sweep and all of a sudden everything will be better. That's not what I'm saying. Saying we want Rodgers and the floor to be a little bit more in concert. That's it. All right. Fastest couple of minutes in sports radio. Club NFL. Have you been here for this? You know what this is? Yeah, we've been doing it every week. I talk about uh, who's allowed into the club, who's not allowed into the club. I'm the bouncer. And we watch Sunday slate. We got Monday night tonight, although Russell Wilson's never coming in the club. And I say, this person, this team, this thing is allowed in. We want him in the club or no, not on the list. Right. I know. Very creative segment we got going here. So let's step into Club NFL. Yep. On the list, number one, uh, Brian Dable and his staff, the Giants, 
They can come in the club. They're on the list. They've established something pretty great in New York. I understand they just beat the Packers last week. The Giants aren't good, but what Brian Dable has established and the environment that's going on, the energy feels good. The team stinks. The betting markets still don't respect them. I wouldn't bet the Giants, but he's building something great. I like to think of the 2022 New York Giants as the 2021 Detroit Lions. Great base, great foundation. Now, the Giants are winning games, which the Lions weren't last year, which maybe for the Giants is actually a bad thing in the long term. Some of the draft picks aren't as good. Brian Dable, his staff in New York, they're doing something really cool. They're in the club. Not on the list. Not coming in the club. Matt LaFleur's grandma, Jean, who was at Lambeau yesterday. She's not in the club. We don't we don't need more old people at Lambeau. There's too many old people there as it is. We don't need another old bag in the mix. Uh, we don't need her at Lambeau. We don't need her in the club. Grandma Jean, she's not on the list. Plus, anytime Matt LaFleur gets around anybody that he knows, whether it be friends or family, he just poops his pants. So Matt LaFleur not on the list. On the list, any team that can currently run the ball. Because right now we have no one. It's basically the Falcons and the Patriots. And that's about it. The Niners had 50 rushing yards on 16 carries yesterday. And 11 of those were from Jimmy G. Leonard Fournette had 21 carries yesterday. Only amounted to 63 yards. Sheesh. Seven players had at least one rush for the Rams. They only had 111 rushing yards on 29 total carries. That's a yikes. More players had rushes. Then players had receptions for Pittsburgh. Go look at the box score. It's bizarre. More players had a rush, at least one carry, than players had a reception. Very bizarre. No one can run the football right now except the Falcons and the Patriots, and the Falcons and the Patriots are winning, interestingly enough. So any team that can run the ball, on the list. Uh, Not on the list. They're out. Not in the club. Uh, Trade requests for players that are ass. Uh, Cam Akers is not good, and yet he is getting traded from L.A. Robbie Anderson hasn't been good in a while. Might be the Panthers' fault, but he's no Julio Jones. He gets to dictate terms? I don't like that. We see this in the NBA. Ben Simmons didn't play for an entire season. Still got his way. James Harden got fat and got to go exactly where he wanted. So I get it for superstars, but now like James Crowder or Jay Crowder is dictating terms in Phoenix. Don't love that. And now Robbie Anderson, Cam Akers, they get to be difficult. Nah. Cam Akers not seeing eye to eye with Sean McVay. Well, Sean McVay probably likes good running backs. Maybe maybe that's the issue. That's probably the issue. (laughs) Lastly, on the list, coming into the club, the NFL schedule makers. This weekend was perfect, right? Noon slate. Everyone go handle your business. Go watch your team play against some other bummy team. Vikings, Dolphins, that game is going to stink, and it did. Go watch that. Vikings fans, Dolphins fans. Packers, Jets fans, that game is going to stink. Go watch that game. No one else needs to see it, right? A lot of bad noon games. At no point during Packers, Jets was I like, man, I got to find a red zone stream. I got to see what's going on with all these other games. No, I didn't think that. We all watched our three and three crummy team yesterday without missing anything. It was fine. Then the three o'clock slate, the Bills Chiefs. That's all we needed. That's all we needed. If you're really, really into football, then you could check Cardinal Seahawks during the commercial break if you want. Otherwise, just watch Bills Chiefs. It was perfect. That's what I did. And then Sunday Night Football, Eagles Cowboys. Strong game. Nice to see the Eagles. Nice to see Micah Parsons and the Cowboys. But the game wasn't great and it didn't really tank the day because there's nothing worse than the entire slate at noon and three being terrible. 
and then all of the eggs are in Sunday Night Football. We all oh, Sunday Night Football's got to be great. And then if Sunday Night Football stinks, then the whole day is a total wash. So good game on Sunday night, strong game, but not all of our eggs were in the Sunday Night Football basket. And then tonight for Monday Night Football, we get to see the Chargers and Russell Wilson, the Broncos. Nothing better than the Broncos in primetime. I love it. Give it to me. I can't wait to actively, loudly, passionately cheer against Russell Wilson tonight. I'm very excited. That's going to do it. Tomorrow, Mike Clemens will be here. we got more NBA talk coming up. The NBA starts tomorrow night, I believe. Yeah, because Bucks start on Wednesday. The NBA opens tomorrow night, so we'll be able to talk about that. We're going to talk Bucks preview, do an NBA lounge later in the week. And maybe we'll try a little harder to figure out if this is Rodgers or LaFleur. It's both, but I don't just want to bang up on Matt LaFleur unfairly or Rodgers unfairly. So we'll try to work through this mystery more tomorrow. Twitter at Wisco Grant. Let's hate Russell Wilson together tonight. It'll be fun. Enjoy Monday Night Football. I'll talk to you tomorrow at 4. 